You're listening to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show on Anchor FM. I'm Garrett Ashley Mullet, and I want to talk about everything. Hello, and welcome to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show. This is Garrett Ashley Mullet. Once again, it has been a little while since I recorded my last uh, podcast episode, I believe, my episode 76 was January 23rd. Today is February 2nd. It is a Tuesday in the year of our Lord, 2021. First of all, I want to try and catch up on some of what has happened in the past, uh, what has it been, two weeks, something like that, almost a week and a half maybe. It's been a little while. So some things have happened. And among these things that has happened is that uh, I just sang in church at the church that we've been attending here in Greeley, Colorado, since uh, about September of 2019. I just sang in church, helped lead worship uh, for the first time this past Sunday. And I just, I want to, I want to let off some um, anxiety and just kind of think out loud for a moment here and just talk about what that's like for me. Those who were there, that I talked with or that my wife talked with were very complimentary. And thank you. Thank you for the encouragement. And I'm glad that you enjoyed it. For anybody that heard my uh, Christmas carols podcast back around Christmas, I like singing. I, I enjoy singing. I have a good voice. That I don't play an instrument, but I did uh, sing in choirs. And uh, my mom was a music teacher. She was a piano teacher. And so there was just always music in the house. So I have a good voice. My dad's side, they were very... Uh, um, Musical. I mean, they were just, they, they liked to sing randomly. And even if you go now to a family reunion and people are playing cards and having conversation throughout the house and somebody says a line from a funny song or some popular music or some musical or whatever, before you know it, you've got two, three, four, five, seven, eight, twelve, the whole house singing randomly, singing along in uh, just the spontaneous Les Miserables sort of a fashion. And uh, it's just kind of, it's funny, you know, it's people watch Les Mis and they say, well, yeah, that's so unrealistic. Like that does not happen in real life. Real life people do not just randomly break into song. And it, actually that's not true. That's not true with regards to my extended family. Uh, we kind of do. And uh, my kids, my, my children are like their father before them. They also just randomly break into song. And I think it's great. I think, why not? Right? Like maybe the world would be a better place if more of us were doing that. So we're going to try and be the change we want to see in the world. We're just going to randomly sing from time to time as uh, the spirit leads or as the fancy strikes us or whatever. Anyway, so I sang and I was just so nervous. I, I, it's ridiculous. It's absurd. It's silly. How nervous I was. I had a terrible time sleeping. I just could not sleep well the night before. And I was stressed out about it all week. And that's just silly. It's silly, and I know that it's silly, and then it bothers me that it's silly. And I just couldn't help it. And I think that there's something just very, very different. There's a whole other dimension to trying to lead singing and, and singing in front of people, even when you have a good voice. And I, I do have a good voice. But that doesn't necessarily mean that I am comfortable singing in front of people. I, I, I don't know. It's silly. 
And it's one of those things where it's it's silly enough, and I can't come up with a good reason. I, I'm trying to rationalize it. I'm trying to justify the way I feel about it. And I can't really quite do that because it just doesn't make sense. It is silly. And so it's one of those things where I feel a certain way, and I've talked before on this podcast about how I'm just, I try to be rather resistant and insulated from strong emotions, and I try to be analytical, and I try and think about things diligently. And so this... It, would even be one of those cases where I I feel uncomfortable, I feel really stressed out, and then I'm just analyzing it and I'm at a loss for what good reason I have to be stressed out about it. And I do have good reasons to say okay when I'm invited to help lead worship at church. And so it's like, well, you know what, maybe what I need to do is I just need to overcome that. Maybe whatever is causing that needs to die. And, uh, or, or if it doesn't die, maybe I need to get a closer look at it and I need to be uncomfortable for a while in order to analyze this and in order to study it effectively, in order to counter it effectively. And so I did, I said, yes, right. It's not my favorite thing in the world. I enjoy it. There's good parts to it. There's, there's really uncomfortable parts to it. But I do enjoy it, and, and I, I'm glad that other people enjoy it. I genuinely, I mean that. You know, if I'm going to sing and, uh, and other people are, are moved by that, I, I appreciate that there are people who seem like they're more comfortable singing in front of others, and they have a, 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 an ability with music, even if they don't play an instrument, if they sing, uh, or if they don't sing, but they play an instrument, or they write music or whatever. I, I like music, and if, it, if everybody just settled for that, first gut feeling visceral uh, reaction that I have, uh, if they just, you know, camped out on that, if they just said, you know, that's what it is, right? Like, I'm just, I'm I'm uncomfortable, and so I'm not going to do it. You know, if they all did that, then we wouldn't have music. And that would just be, that would be a, a highly unfortunate. And so you might even look at this as kind of a, me trying to love my brother as I love myself. You know, if if they were possessing a good voice, and they were asked to help lead with praise and worship or with music or with singing or whatever, then, you know, would I want them to, right? Would I appreciate it? Would it be a a blessing to me? Would it be a service to me? Would it be a service to others? Uh, If the answer is yes, then maybe that's my answer. That's the answer that I should give as well, even if it makes me very uncomfortable, even if I did lose sleep over it. I, you know, I didn't, did, but did you die? You know, like I didn't die from not sleeping so great on Saturday night. And I'm sure the next time will be a little bit less nerve wracking because the first time didn't go so bad. And uh, I'll just desensitize myself to this kind of phobia. But, you know, it's it's funny. I, you know, I've, I've led worship or helped with singing in front of churches before a couple of times. Like I said, I, you know, I sang in a children's choir when I was a kid. That went well. That was a good experience. That was in Kalispell, Montana, and we sang at a couple of uh, you know events, and it was it was well received, and it was fun, and it was enjoyable. The bigger the group gets that you're singing with or making music with, the less individual attention you feel like you're getting, which is nice if the attention makes you uncomfortable. Some people thrive on that; and it's just very energizing. I'm not so much that way, and it's odd too. It's funny. Because speaking in front of people doesn't really bother me so much. You know, if I've got a topic, I know what I want to talk about, I can talk, 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 talk. Speaking in front of people doesn't really bother me so much. Singing in front of people, it's just different. It's like you're burying your soul. It's like you're you're opening up your rib cage and you're like, here are 
my vulnerable spots. And, you know, you want to trust people. You want to trust that people are not going to, I don't know, make fun of you or treat you differently or make it weird or whatever. And you know what? Maybe that's just, it is what it is, right? I mean, if, if all of us just keep bottled up inside and we're just never vulnerable and we're never real and we're never, um, you know, doing a good thing because we might get hurt for it, then what kind of a condition are, are we all going to be in? If everybody else around us is that way and then we're that way too, then the world is a, just an awful place. But I think the more that we are willing to be vulnerable in a positive sense, not in a naive or irresponsible way, but in a brave, counting the cost and just doing it anyways sort of a way, I think that the more we will have the sort of relationships with the people around us that we really, truly, deeply want and, and we're ultimately made for by God himself. Um, anyway, that's my position. I won't go on and on about that. I did do that here recently. And it felt like a big deal, right? Just me personally, I feel like that was a big deal that uh, I did it. And um, I'm going to keep doing it because if it's the right thing to do, even if it's uncomfortable and even if it's got some unpleasant aspects or, you know, scares me or whatever, then that's just, that is what it is. It's going to bother me, I think, in a deeper, more abiding and harder to shake way if I shy away from it when I do believe it's what I should do. And that matters more to me than the fact that it's uncomfortable, even very uncomfortable in the moment. You know, it's it's uh, doing the cost-benefit analysis and it's saying, you know, okay, yes, um, a lot of discomfort now in return for peace of mind and a satisfaction of having risen to the challenge in the long run. Some other things that have come about in recent weeks, you know, one of them that is bothering me is the fact that I haven't been podcasting very much, honestly. Um, you know, a couple things have come together and happened that, you know, it's not necessarily bad. It's just, it, it's just life, right? Like some seasons of life are just busier than others. And sometimes you have to be willing to be flexible and not irritable about having to be flexible. And, you know, sometimes you just don't get to follow your routine. And, you, you know, um, Dwight Eisenhower once famously said, and I love this quote, I have found in the prosecution of war that uh, plans are useless, but planning is indispensable. And so routines are a fine thing in the absence of a better idea, but sometimes you have to change your plans. And so I don't want anybody out in the audience, uh, anybody that knows me worrying, oh man, Garrett hasn't you know, recorded a podcast for a while. I hope everything's okay. Like, you know, what was the last thing he recorded? Like, let's go back and check it out. Um, there is quite a big uptick on my last podcast episode, which was episode 76, The Death of Social Media as We Know It. And so I wonder how many people did that. They were like, man, I haven't seen a podcast drop from the Garrett Ashley Mullet show for a while. Um, you know, what did he say? What was, what was the last thing he said? Um, everything's fine, but it's just been busy. It's been busy between helping with uh, teaching youth group on Wednesday nights, and then we have small group. Uh, the, the gals, the ladies of the group, they meet together in uh, a home on uh, one Tuesday night, 
and the men of the group meet on the other Tuesday night and just back and forth, back and forth until, um, I don't know what the ratio really is, if it's four to one or five to one or six to one or just whatever works out, but um, our families get together um, every so often on a Tuesday night instead of you know the men meeting and the women meeting and having a Bible study. And so that's good, um, but it does, you know, it, it compresses the amount of time for podcasting. Uh, you know, with helping to lead praise and worship, looks like March is going to be, you know, busy Monday evenings. Monday's when we're going to have our practice for praise and worship. Monday evening and also uh, Sunday morning before the service. And so that'll compress my Mondays. Uh, Wednesday, I'm helping to teach youth group. So that compresses my Wednesdays. Uh, Thursdays and Fridays are pretty easy going, easy peasy. Thursdays, I'm over at uh, Jackson Lake Gas Plant working with my associate, Tyler Stevenson. Uh, Wednesdays, he's over at Centennial Gas Plant. Um, and, and then also, too, here lately, I've found my liberty constricted. And uh, it's not my favorite. And once again, this is one of those where I have an emotional reaction and I don't like something and I, I'm not happy about it. Um, you know, for what, going on nine years now of working in the oil and gas industry, I've had a very um, open-ended schedule where I pretty much, I mean, unless in the rare exception, somebody's going to meet me at a site or I've got a training or, you know, something like that that I have to be at the facility at a certain time for, for the most part, for the past nine years, I have written my own schedule. And it's one of the things I love the most about the oil and gas industry. And here recently, that has been changed. And I'm not, I'm not super thrilled about that. Um, now, it is what it is, and I'm trying to have a good attitude about it, and I'm trying to do what I've been asked to do anyways, which is to try and get uh, to the plant by 8 a.m. Um, I tried to explain politely that uh, that does make it difficult for me to do the things that I've been doing for the past nine years as far as writing, as far as podcasting, as far as, you know, the, the extra work that I, I do besides my nine to five, besides my day job. Um, I really personally, my personal feeling is that I shouldn't have to be there at a certain time unless they for sure need me. It's a 24-7 facility. I'm not going to be there 24-7. And so why make an issue out of what time I start my shift and what time I end my shift so long as I'm getting things done in a timely manner? Um, but that you know, is my sentiment, and the world doesn't revolve around me. And I was told that uh, other people would appreciate it if I was there at a consistent time, I am trying to abide by that. And uh, in the process of trying to abide by that, it is, uh, again, it's compressing the time that I have available for podcasting and for writing. Um, I am still on Saturday mornings podcasting with uh, Micah Hirschberger. And here lately, our cousin Marshall Mullet has been joining us, and that's been great. That's been excellent. He adds a, an extra... Uh, perspective to things. He doesn't think about things exactly the same way that we do. We have a lot more common ground than we do uh, differences and distinctions. We have genuine differences. We have significant differences. I mean, they're, you know, if I have an opinion about something, I think it's significant. And I, I try not to have opinions about trivial things over much. 
Um, but we have differences. And I think in the course of just talking back and forth and talking about our differences, that that actually gives a healthy, positive um, growth opportunity for us. And it gives a, a positive uh, example, hopefully, by God's grace, to our audience so that they are not just hearing the Garrett Ashley Mullen show. They're not just hearing, you know, Micah Hirschberger. They're not just hearing, you know, one person, right? The sound of one hand clapping. They're not just hearing somebody, you know, monologue, which is fine. You know, sometimes that's that's what you need. And, uh, and so that's what I'm doing for the people that could use that or that will be a benefit for, and it's a different flavor. Then here is an opportunity to stretch your attention span. You're welcome. Uh, I'm doing you a favor, but on the other hand, sometimes what you need is an opportunity to stretch your uh, appetite for conversation. And, uh, you know, I, I, I don't like some of Glenn Beck's positions on things. I don't like necessarily his theology. He's a Mormon. Um, so we disagree on that. Um, but I have enjoyed the format of his program. And uh, same with Crowder, uh, louder with Crowder. He's got a bunch of guys that are on there and they talk back and forth and they have kind of a funny rapport. Sometimes it's annoying, honestly, not entirely my cup of tea, but you know, very often they have interesting things to say and it's fun to hear them bounce ideas back and forth, especially when they might have a difference of opinion. I've started listening to Ben Stein, The World According to Ben Stein. It's a podcast on uh, Apple Podcasts. And similarly, it's an interesting podcast. They have uh, several voices that are all talking and they're, you know, bouncing ideas back and forth and they don't always agree and that's fine. Uh, similarly, with Apologia, I've listened to a couple episodes. That's all. A friend of mine from Montana was, uh, you know, asking some questions about Jeff Durbin, but I don't know. I don't know. I mean, everybody's got skeletons. Everybody's got, you know, things in their past that maybe... They didn't handle the way that they should have. And, you know, it's interesting. I was listening to Al Mohler's program on the way home from work this evening, and he brought up this story out of San Francisco in which you have the school district, uh, public school district, by the way, and this is why we homeschool, uh, buy it on Amazon, paperback or ebook version today. Buy it for you, buy it for your children, buy it for... Somebody that you know, somebody you love, somebody you care about. Uh, anyway, San Francisco Public School District is renaming a full one-third of their schools. And the reason they're doing this is because George Washington and Thomas Jefferson and Abraham Lincoln and all of these people, all of these various persons, um, you know, I mean, in their words, it's because they were promoting slavery or they were slave owners or they were white colonizers or they were perpetuating white supremacy somehow or, you know, they were guilty of colonialism or um, or they were white, right? I think that's also, I mean, you could just say white. They were white and they weren't woke and so we hate them. Uh, the only white people that we can stand are Karens and the uh, woke hipsters who don't have a job other than drinking overpriced lattes and uh, living in their parents' basement. Um, those are the only white people that the left seemingly uh, likes so much. Um, but, you know, I was listening to this, and I'm just thinking to myself, like, this is just absurd. This is just silly, you know? I, do I have to like every th last little thing that Thomas Jefferson ever did or said 
or thought, no, I don't. I don't particularly care for the fact that he took a razor blade to the Bible and cut out all the miracles, all the supernatural stuff. I don't particularly like that. Would I name a school after Thomas Jefferson? No, I probably wouldn't. But if a school is already named after Thomas Jefferson, do I feel overmuch a need to rename it? No, no, I don't. If there's a statue to Thomas Jefferson, do I feel the need to tear it down or spray paint it or deface it? Uh, no, I really don't. Um, you know, the same goes with all of these characters, all of these cats from history who did wonderful, momentous, historic, brave, noble, praiseworthy, memorable, impactful things. And that really is what the left is upset about. They don't like that these men who they disagree with, whose ideas they can't compete with, they can't argue with, whose uh, acolytes in the modern era they can't reason with and they can't debate with because it's hard to debate facts with feelings. Um, you know, they just, they're jealous, right? They're spiteful, envious Marxists. And they're, they are ignorant of their ignorance. All they know is that they have an emotional reaction to somebody having something that they didn't have. And then they come up with some excuse to destroy them. And everybody but Jesus will have something with which you can try to destroy them. You can try to destroy their reputation, have their names stricken from every monument, every book, every magazine, every billboard, every movie. And it's wrong. It's, it's wicked. It is so self-righteous. It is so ugly and gross and toxic and full of itself. And it makes me want to vomit because it's worse than just ignorant. You know, ignorance sometimes can be honest, right? Some people come by ignorance honestly. They just don't know. And it's not their fault that they don't know. It's just, you know, there's a whole universe full of things that we don't know. And so it's just pick some things, right? Pick some things that you don't know. And that person over there is going to pick some other things. And some of us know just a little bit more than the rest of us. But we all have blind spots. The folks who combined their ignorance with arrogance and malice just absolutely drive me up the wall. I have the hardest time with that potent trifecta. The arrogant, ignorant, malice. I hate it. And when it starts coming for the Founding Fathers and it comes for Emancipation Proclamation Abraham Lincoln... Are you kidding me? I mean, it just it makes me want to sell you a dozen copies of my book, and this is why we homeschool. Available from Amazon.com, in paperback or ebook. Um, honestly, I mean, it's just this is this is the greatest marketing campaign I could hope for, having just released my book, because these people are crazy, like. If they had to actually get a real job and work in the real world, they would be lost because you can't just do that. You can't just cancel people because once upon a time they did something you don't like. Now, unfortunately, when these people are the ones that are raising the next generation and they're doing it generation after generation, then people start to think that you can, right? First, it's a mural. First, it's a statue. First, it's changing the name of the school where these kids went to. And next, 
you're just flat out canceling people. And of course, that's where we're at. You know, I watched this nauseating speaking of uh, Ted Cruz about Donald Trump, and he basically denounced. It, it was like the Apostle Peter saying, I don't know him, you know, cursing the little girl who said, you know, weren't you one of his disciples? You know, saying that to Peter, you know, weren't you one of Jesus' disciples? No, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. I, have no, I, I don't know the man, right? And then he, he curses this little girl, Peter does. And Jesus has asked him, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And then Peter has betrayed his Lord. And and I'm not saying Donald Trump is Jesus, right? I'm not that way. Uh, I don't believe that Trump is the Messiah. I am not into the God Emperor uh, worship cult. Uh, some people, I think, are. Um, I think it's a legitimate concern. But I do believe that the 2020 election was stolen, and I do believe that the Democrats colluded amongst themselves and establishment Republicans to make it happen and to get by with it. And the media covered for it, and the big tech covered for it. And a lot of the country is happy about that. And they don't really care that the fraud happened because they got what they wanted. They got the outcome that they desired. And whether they cheated or somebody cheated, it doesn't matter much because that bad orange man is not in the White House anymore. Now we've got an old confused man uh, instead of the bad orange man. And actually, I think the bad... Uh, orange man was preferable to the old confused man because the old confused man, what thoughts he can uh, put together have so far been uh, train wrecks. And they are only going to get worse as they build up momentum. Um, It's just awful. It is awful what the Democrats want to do and will. I mean, let's be honest. They will. They will have their way with this country. And this San Francisco campaign to rename a third of the schools because Thomas Jefferson and George Washington and Abraham Lincoln have got to go. It will not stop there. It will go on and on and on and on. And loyalty oaths will have to be sworn and people will be uh, pilloried for all intents and purposes. You might as well put them in a stockade in the town square and invite people to throw rotten tomatoes at their faces because that will be basically the effect You're destroying these people's reputation because they once upon a time supported Trump. He's being impeached and tried in the Senate, and we're going to basically try and destroy any Republican who somehow did win their election despite our cheating by a new kind of cheating where we lie. We lie, and we insinuate, and we imply, and we character assassinate, and we slander And the establishment Republicans are going to go right along with it. I have zero use for them. So along those lines, I got a question from Ben Davidson, who is a listener to this program, and he contacted me after my having recorded a recent episode in which I said that I am not a registered Republican. I don't know how many people knew that. I'm actually a registered independent. And I vote Republican because I feel like the Republican platform Uh, most closely aligns with, or at least does not uh, explicitly contradict anything that I interpret or understand from the scriptures. So I can do that with a good conscience that insofar as I see them as better stewards, potentially, of the Romans 13 responsibility to reward those who do good and punish those who do evil, 
I will vote for them as opposed to the Democrats who murder babies and they promote sexual perversion and they character assassinate anybody that stands between them and absolutely insanely irresponsible policies, whether foreign or domestic. And so I got this question from Ben, and I got actually a couple of questions that I need to answer them, and I will. I will get to those questions. I'm, I'm running out of time for this evening's podcast, but the one question he asked was to explain what the difference is between a conservative and a Republican, and he thought they were the same thing. And I'll explain what the difference is briefly, and I, I will expand on this on future episodes, but I, I wanted to record this evening so badly, partly because I felt bad that I haven't addressed a few remarks. I've got a backlog basically building up of questions and, and observations and things that people have wanted me to comment on. And I just, I, I can't just let that keep building and building and building. It just bugs me. It bothers me. I feel like I'm not doing my job here. Um, but the difference between a Republican and a conservative really comes down to the difference between Mitch McConnell and me. If I felt that Mitch McConnell was actually trying to conserve uh, the heritage that has been passed down to us and that he wasn't just doing the expedient thing, he wasn't just slowing the rate of our country being destroyed, um, he wasn't just you know standing back to let the left do what they will, so long as they do it just a little slower. Let's go half speeds on destroying our country. You know, that would be one thing. If I ever heard something out of Mitch McConnell's mouth that had to do with, you know, hey, this is why, right? This isn't just our position. This is why we hold this position, right? Like God says this, and I realize people would lose their minds about separation of church and state. But on the other hand, the reason why people would lose their minds about separation of church and state in part is because we've had a two-party system for a long, old time, and both parties for a long, old time have been content for politics and government to be a largely godless business. And so even the Republicans, they forget where our republic came from, and they forget what it is that they're supposed to be conserving. And a lot of them, they just put an R behind their name because of where they are campaigning out of, where they are running for office, because they know that's how you get voted for. You're not going to get voted for if you're not putting an R behind your name. It's not necessarily that they're really pro-life. It's not really that they're really pro-Second Amendment or really pro-First Amendment. It's not really that they are about conserving our republic. But if they say that, then they find themselves a seat at the table. And then when they find themselves a seat at the table, then that's all they really wanted. They just wanted to be there and Maybe they have crooked deals with big business. Maybe they just enjoy the power and the importance. But uh, I don't like that. I don't think that's good. I'm not that way, and I don't enjoy or respect people that are that way. In fact, they make my skin crawl, and I think that's gross. And particularly when they make claims to be uh, about certain principles and then they sell those who are actually standing on principle down the river at the first opportunity. Um, that is a problem. And I, I'm i not their judge. And yet, on the other hand, that kind of 
treachery, uh, I believe, will be judged by a holy and righteous God. Who knows? You know, the media might run interference for these dirty politicians, particularly when it suits their favorite agenda, which is of the left, because our mainstream media is just the propaganda arm of the Democrat Party. But I don't want to align myself with Republicans so much that I'm just voting blindly for somebody who really doesn't mean it. You know, I believe in these principles, and so I will vote for the people that are going to uphold these principles. And if the Mitch McConnells and the Mitt Romneys are not, if they only know how to fight when it's, uh, you know, a supposed conspiracy theorist in their own ranks, and they only know how to criticize and come up with a good argument when it's their own party, when it's Donald Trump, when it's supposed deplorables, and their, their arrogance, their disdain for common Americans, uh, I personally find disgusting. I don't like it. Um, I don't see them as being helpful. I see them as being self-serving. They're, they're helping themselves at our expense because they were expected to run interference for us. And instead, they run interference for the left. They do the left's bidding. They're hired guns uh, going out to whoever's going to pay them the most. They're, they're Judases. And uh, so, yeah, that, you know, in short, I think a conservative um, isn't that way. I think a conservative, as I understand conservatism, is trying to be a good steward of what has been passed down to them, what their heritage is. You know, if you come from a good family and your family's got a good reputation, you're trying to conserve your family's good name. Uh, if you come from money and you've inherited a fortune, well, you're, you're trying not to blow all of that fortune on pixie sticks and, uh, you know, lottery tickets, right? Like invest it, right? Invest it and conserve it and be a good steward of it. You know, with great power comes great responsibility, as my old Uncle Ben once said. Uh, not actually mine, Peter Parker, uh, Spider-Man. But anyway, I mean, we have things that we inherit. And I think as citizens of this country and of Western civilization, we have inherited a great deal of cultural riches and lessons learned and truths and values that are important that have made us prosperous and not just ourselves, right? Don't conserve it just for your sake. Conserve it for your family's sake. Conserve it for your wife's sake, for your children's sake, for your brother's sake, for your sister's sake, for your mother and father's sake. Conserve it for your neighbor's sake, right? I mean, that is what conservatism is about. And progressivism is hubris. It is, I'm going to say, I am very progressive and everybody else is not. And so now I have a blank check. Now I have, you know, open season on anybody that stands between me and what I think everybody for all of history up to this point has missed. Oh, really? Well, we think very highly of ourselves, don't we? Okay. You know, innovation's great, right? Innovation's great. But typically the people that are the most innovative in my experience, are the ones who know a thing or two about what has been tried and what has worked in the past, and they have the humility to admit when they don't have it right. And, you know, a progressive might say, well, yeah, but that's, 
That's the problem with conservatives. They don't admit that we didn't have it right, you know. Well, yes, sometimes, right? That's why we have to know what it is that we're conserving and why. Um, some things we shouldn't conserve because they were a progressive idea once upon a time. You know, that the progressives would do well to know that and think about that for even half a second if they had the self-awareness and the humility. All these ideas that they want to do away with and abolish are things that once upon a time sounded like a good idea and they were progressive at one time. The laws of the universe didn't change just because you had a feeling and you had an emotional reaction to something. So pull your head out of the sand and realize that the universe doesn't revolve around you. Stop being so full of yourself. Anyway, that's all I've got for today. Uh, Sorry it's been a while. This one's a little longer just to kind of tide you over. But uh, thanks for listening. If you are listening, I have more to talk about in our next show. I don't know exactly when that'll be, but hopefully soon. Until then, thanks for listening. God bless. You've been listening to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show on Anchor FM. For more content like what you heard today, visit the homepage for On The Rocks blog at onthe.rocks. Also, check out On The Rocks blog podcast with Micah Hirschberger, weekly on Anchor FM. If you haven't yet done so, hit subscribe to this podcast also. And you can reach Garrett Ashley Mullet with any comments, questions, or complaints at garrettmullet at gmail.com. Hello, this is Garrett Ashley Mullet, host of The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show on Anchor FM, and also chief editor and writer at On The Rocks blog since 2015. I have just published my first book. It is available on paperback and Kindle from Amazon.com right now. Are you thinking about homeschooling? Is someone you know considering it? No shortage of books will help you figure out how to do it. This is a book about why you should. Written from the perspective of a homeschooling father of seven who was himself homeschooled growing up, this is an encouragement to fathers and mothers to think rightly about their children's education. What our children believe about God, themselves, one another, and the universe, these are all features of their education, and the worldview our children develop is downstream of the sort of education they receive. And this is why we homeschool. Maybe you are a parent of homeschooling children and you could use some encouragement. Perhaps your local school shut down and now remote learning or homeschooling has been forced on you. Now you could use some help finding motivation to make the best of it. Or maybe you have a friend or family member considering homeschooling their children. Rather than starting you off with another home education how-to, let us start with why we homeschool. And as we figure out the reasons we should do this thing, the way to do it will be made far easier. Just go right on over to Amazon.com and type in, and this is why we homeschool in the search results. It'll come right up. Order your copy today.